0: Hey everybody, welcome to the MLB Extras Blue Jays podcast. I'm Tim McMaster along with Gregor Chisholm, our Blue Jays reporter and Gregor, a lot to get to on this podcast because you got a chance to talk to Ross Atkins on Wednesday and a lot of good stuff or interesting stuff. I don't know if I should say good stuff came out of that. So we're going to dig into that a little bit and get your thoughts on some of the things that he said, all looking ahead to the winter meetings next week in Las Vegas, where we will be on-site recording this podcast at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas as part of the winter meetings, so looking forward to that. But let's get into some of the comments, starting with Troy Um, uh, This is going to be a fascinating storyline, I think, throughout the offseason. Then maybe, Gregor, into the regular season, this is a guy who has clearly – His skills have diminished from the player he once was, an MVP caliber shortstop. Um, But he wants to be the guy. Uh, Atkins, though, with his comments yesterday, seems like he sees it differently.
1: Yeah, Atkins was, to me, shockingly candid, really, uh, about the expectations for Troy Tulowitzki moving forward. And, you know, Troy's a guy who hasn't played now in a year and a half, um, but who has remained adamant throughout this process that when he eventually is fully over the surgery where the bone spurs were removed from both of his feet, uh, that he was coming back as a shortstop, was going to finish his career as a shortstop and had no intention of of changing that. And, you know, everything that the Blue Jays have been saying over the last year or so when he's been out is basically been a wait and see approach as to, you know, he needs to get healthy first and then the club will make its determination from there. But what really stood out yesterday uh, was just how Frank Atkins was, because he could have answered the question the same way, uh, you know, we'll wait and see uh, how Tulowitzki looks in the spring, make determinations from there. Uh, but he really did take it a step further, and, and he's, he is lowering expectations. He, he said he does not expect uh, Troy Tulowitzki to, to be able to play uh, regularly uh, and above-average uh, shortstop at, at that position, and, um, you know— it now seems to be a bit of a standoff, I think, between these two. I mean, Troy's obviously going to try and come back as the starting shortstop. Uh, but Atkins was, was blunt in saying that if the season started tomorrow, that would be Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s job. Uh, and, and what that means for Tulowitzki and the Blue Jays really remains to be seen, because this is a guy who has two years uh, and thirty-eight million dollars uh, still remaining on his contract, and you know that, that's not really a tradable deal. Uh, and so it really opens up a, a big can of worms here, uh, moving into the into the spring training if Tulowitzki is healthy.
0: Realistically, back when the Blue Jays traded for for Troy Tulowitzki, granted that was a different regime that made that move. This kind of had, it was clear that this was probably going to happen at some point. Just with the way Troy Tulowitzki's career had gone, it didn't seem like he was going to be the type of player that aged great and kept that skill level up into his, his late 30s. And and we're seeing that play out with the injury. So this is something that the Blue Jays, I think, have seen coming. But you see, you mentioned the money that he's still owed. I mean, this isn't a contract that could be Traded, Even if he's healthy, it would be tough. You'd have to eat a lot of the money, I think. Um, So it makes it tricky. And you don't want one player to then kind of spoil a young clubhouse either. So the Blue Jays really, while those are bold statements from Atkins, they do kind of have to tread a little lightly here, at least once we get to spring training, don't they?
1: They, they do. And, and what makes, you know, what adds another layer to this is, you know, in September, as recently as September, you know, Tulowitzki was, was adamant about the fact that he's not switching positions. And, uh, you know, he even had a quote that said, uh, you know, I- I'm a shortstop. If there's someone that's better than me, then, then I'll pack my bags and, and go home. Um, and, you know, that was that was a pretty shocking comment at the time. Uh, I don't think too many people necessarily believed it. I mean, if he's actually going to walk away, he'd be leaving $38 million on the table. Uh, that seems to be pretty far-fetched. Uh, but in a way, the Blue Jays in theory, could be calling his bluff here uh, to a certain extent as well and to see just how prepared they are uh, and, and where Tulowitzki wants to go from here. I mean, they have uh, – Atkins also said that he's got meetings scheduled with Tulowitzki's agent um, in Vegas uh, next week during the winter meetings. Uh, uh, is lives in that area as well, so it's, it's certainly possible that all these parties will, will sit down. But uh, it really seems like this might be coming to a head a little bit sooner than most people thought. I think everyone expected that you know this would – the two sides would wait until spring training and see what happens. I wouldn't entirely rule out the Jays trying to take care of this, e- maybe even before, and whether that's just simply buying him out uh, kind of remains to be seen. But there's, there's there's you know, meetings on both sides that are going to have to take place here. And it, it's really hard to see that Tulewitsky, uh factors into this team plans for, for 2019, even though he does have two years and $38 million remaining.
0: And Atkins is too smart that he didn't say this with a purpose. Is that fair right. to say? Yeah, maybe, absolutely. Maybe and, just setting the tone and kind of sending a warning out there.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he, he's, he's answered these questions about Tulowitzki one way for for about, the, uh, for about a year. And, and those, uh, you know, those remarks were, were drastically different yesterday. And there's some strategy behind
0: that. All right. Another guy on this team, a veteran that's been a big part of the success the Blue Jays have had over the last few years is Russell Martin. Atkins commenting on Martin as well. Uh, sounds like they would love to be able to trade him.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of posturing on Atkins's part in in terms of some of what he said about, about, uh, Russ Martin, he, he was asked about you know, the, the fact that there, there's a lot of uh, catchers on the market right now. I mean, the free agent class kind of ne- doesn't have the big names necessarily behind the plate, uh, but it's got an awful lot of depth, and, and that really uh, impacts the Blue Jays' ability to, to deal Martin this offseason, even um, you know, taking for the conclusion that they're going to eat the vast majority of his contract to facilitate his deal, even considering that, it's still a relatively tough trade. And so he was asked about that market, and he basically said, look, any, any team that's going to be interested in catching this offseason is going to have an interest in Russell Martin. And uh, that's not entirely true. But I I still think that uh, Martin does have some value. I mean, if you if you eat the most of uh, the 20 million that he has owed in in 2019, um, then a lot of contending teams, I think, start looking at him as as a platoon option or a veteran backup option. Uh, It just makes too much sense for, uh, you know, something like that to happen. And and with the Blue Jays, I mean, you've just got uh, Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire, Luke Maley. It really seems like they're trying to move forward with the the young component there. Uh, And so I think they'll do anything that they can to facilitate a deal. Um, But I don't think it's going to be done quickly because there's just simply so many catchers out in the market right now.
0: It's amazing the the market for catching, just because it's it's thought of overall. I think in baseball as a position that's kind of scarce, and there's not always a lot of it available, and not every team has a good catcher. But I don't know if this is a renaissance of sorts. But there's a lot of them out there, and and they're available, and there's been a lot drafted in recent years too. Um, being a catcher is a popular thing again. It seems like these days. All right, next topic is the pitching staff, and you obviously have Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez. They're the top two guys there at the top of that rotation. Um, the question is what to do with those guys. Um, they've never, they haven't never, they have traded Stroman in the past. That's been a possibility. Sanchez is a Scott Boris guy, which which obviously seems to mean that he probably won't be a guy that they can extend. But you'd love for him to be a centerpiece of the next winning window for this Blue Jays team. So where do they stand on those two guys?
1: Yeah, what really surprised me as well about it, I mean, Akin's had a few surprising comments yesterday. <laughs> The other one that, that stood out was the fact that, um, you know, he was asked about whether there was a possibility that the Jays could deal Sanchez and, and Stroman this offseason. And he said, absolutely, uh, w- which is which was remarkably candid as well. Uh, I think he's playing the market a, a little bit there, uh, similarly to to Russ Martin. Um, but he basically said the exact same thing he said about Martin, which is if there's there the teams that are interested in pitching uh, are going to be Uh, really interested in in Stroman and Sanchez and and that the Jays would be open to listening to a deal. And if the right offer, uh, you know, materializes it's something that they would really strongly consider. And that that's a little bit more uh, forceful than he's been in the past on that topic. And I, I think really does show that the Jays, uh, would be more than willing to listen on, on either guy. I mean, the fact that you know both starters only have two years of control remaining, uh, I think it's pretty clear that Jays would like to recoup some value. I still have a hard time believing that that's going to happen this offseason, uh, especially with Sanchez. I mean, he basically hasn't pitched uh, for the last, you know, year and a half now as well. I mean, the innings are so low because of the blister problem. I mean, his value to me just is is too low right now compared to the, his overall upside to, to pull off a deal. And, and Strowman's coming off a down year as well. So, uh, you know, maybe there's a team out there that looks at the entire body of work of Strowman and is willing to pay that, you know, that high tier price. Uh, but certainly the Jays aren't going to be willing to accept, uh, you know, the price tag that would have been associated with this 2018 season. Um, So I I still think more realistically, you're looking at a, you know, a mid season trade in 2019. Um, But I think Atkins is also trying to generate some interest here and see if that there is a bidding war that can be started up there. And if the right prospect comes along in return, then the Jays are certainly going to do that.
0: Yeah. They would certainly be selling low at this point. You'd love As the blue jays organization those two guys both have great starts or or first halves to the season get that value up sanchez proving he can stay healthy and then maybe at the trade deadline you can get a lot more when teams are facing that pressure than you're going to get right now although Now there's two years left versus there. There, There's a a year and a month that will be at the trade deadline. But that said, that's still a full year, and and you tend to get a good return on a guy who's not a rental, which neither of them would be. All right, one more thing to touch on with you. The Toronto chapter of the Baseball Writers Association of America had their awards announced this week. And um, just kind of to rattle those off, Justin Smoke, Player of the Year, J-Hap, Pitcher of the Year, Baruki, Rookie of the Year, Maley, Most Improved, And Gibbons gets the John Cerruti Award, which is the good guy award. And I guess the the frustrating thing about these awards is how many of these guys aren't with the Blue Jays anymore.
1: Yeah, that's one of the interesting things going through the the voting process when you when you looked at all. That. I mean, there was even Sung O Oh got some looks for for pitcher of the year as well, and that's just a testament to how much the Blue Jays struggled on the mound this year. I mean, uh, Jay Happ was a pretty easy choice, I think, uh, for most people as, as pitcher of the year, and he didn't even pitch for the team over the final two months. Uh, and the second guy was was Brian Barucki, and, and he only joined the Blue Jays midway through the year, so he was he was a relatively easy choice as a rookie. But the fact that he finished second uh, for pitcher. Of the year, uh, really just shows that you know the Jays didn't get what they thought uh, they were going to get out of guys like Stroman, Sanchez, Marco Estrada. It just was really that kind of season, and uh, you know Justin Smoke was was also a really easy choice as, as player of the year. He he was a unanimous selection. Um, and, you know, some you can kind of look back on his season this year, and it, it, he didn't live up to to what he did the year before, but it was still a pretty strong year. And that was easily enough to, to, to win the top spot. I mean, he had 25 home runs for the second, sec, second consecutive year. Uh, his numbers actually hold up pretty favorably uh, compared to all the other uh, first basemen in the American League this past year as well. So he took home uh, top offensive honors. But there, it wasn't really a, a very competitive, Competitive year in terms of voting. It seemed like there were some, some easy uh, choices to make, and, and ironically enough, some of them uh, no longer here even with the Blue Jays organization.
0: All right, well, Ross Atkins has kind of stirred the pot a little bit this week, and we'll see how that affects next week, where we will be back at it with this podcast from Las Vegas and the winter meetings. Um, Until then, you can find Gregor on Twitter at GregorMLB. I'm there at MLB underscore McMaster. This podcast and all of our MLB Extras Club podcasts can be found on Google Play, on Apple Podcasts, and on MLB.com backslash Podcast. That'll do it for this edition of the Blue Jays podcast. Thanks to Marissa Morris, our producer. For Gregor, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.